my listeners. Oh, you guys are just so persnickety. Oh, my gosh. You call me a saint, but you know I'm a stranger. A willing and able to do what you want. Hello and welcome to Nick Snack for Neologisms episode 40, where we define and discuss the most amazing words in the English language. Last episode, we covered fickle, shrewd, and complacent. And in this episode, we're covering persnickety, insouciance, and tendentious. Let's move on to our first word, which is persnickety. I will sometimes write lyrics for her. I'm a little pers- a little more persnickety about it than she is. So I don't want to sound too persnickety, but you know, when you start mixing and matching, you can get into trouble. Your inner editor has a sibling who can be more dangerous to your writing than even the growling critiques of your inner editor itself. It tends to walk around the rooms of your mind, gazing at all the imaginative ruckus with a persnickety, arrogant gaze. Persnickety. P-E-R-S-N-I-C-K-E-T-Y. Persnickety. P-E-R-S-N-I-C-K-E-T-Y. It's an adjective, and it means over-particular fussy. So just think of that person who really can never make a decision because they're just, ah, it's never the right decision. And, oh, no, you know, maybe I don't want that. Oh, actually, I do. No, okay. Well, it's got, it's a little too big. It's not really my type. Oh, no, okay. Yeah, no, I do want it. Yeah, that's the persnickety person. No one really likes a persnickety person, but they're interesting to observe. And if you've ever worked retail, trust me, you have ran into that persnickety person and you can never satisfy them. They're super annoying. And it's just like, you know what? Make up your fuck mind, please. Pick something, be happy with it, and be on your way. So how are we going to remember this word, persnickety? It almost sounds like personal plus picky plus eat. So someone who's someone who is persnickety, they're very personal about what they're going to choose to eat. They're picky and they're going to eat it. Persnickety, personal, picky, eat, right? Persnickety. So to take this a step further, you might go to the buffet with this person and not that, you know, we're going to go to buffets because I kind of think buffets are actually absolutely disgusting. I'm a bit of a germaphobe, but I'm just going to say it. But let's just say we go to the buffet with this person. This is the kind of person who's going to hold their plate against their chest. They're going to lean over the buffet They're going to be on their tippy toes, right? And they're going to kind of move their head around as their eyebrows are raised. And then they're going to carefully point at things, very specific things, and say, "Mm, I'd like some of that and some of that and a little bit of that over there. But as the chef goes to grab whatever it is they've selected, they then even become more persnickety and say, no, 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 not that one. No, no, that one over there. No, okay, can you turn turn that muffin around? Let me see the top of it. No, okay, it's got a little too many crinkles in it. No, I want that one. Oh, no, wait, try that one over there. Yeah, that one over there. That is the persnickety. You guys, you guys all know this person. That's the persnickety person. They can never make up their mind. And for some reason, I'm sorry to all my, uh, my English listeners out there, or I guess people from London. I don't really know the difference. But anyhow, I'm really sorry. But I have to say, when I think of persnickety, they almost always have an English accent. I don't know why, but it's just firmly in my mind. They've, mm, you know, they're part of the royal family. 
And no, we don't need that. I think it's probably just like a media thing that the media portrays, and then that's kind of ingrained in my subconscious. So when I think of persnickety, I just think of this English person who's of the royal family, and they're, you know, doing their own thing, and they're on maybe a horse, and they're drinking their tea with their pinky up. That God forbid the pinky touch the cup, because they're so persnickety. We don't want to besmirch the cup with our pinky. And so that's, yeah, that's my bias. That's my stereotype I have of persnickety. So, all right, I've already given you guys a hint. But if I were to ask you who out of these four people is most likely to be persnickety, who would you choose? A college professor selecting which courses to teach for the summer. An English preschooler of the royal family choosing which decadent cake he'd like for his monthly birthday celebration. A destitute man who hasn't eaten for a month and is offered four different entrees. Or a blind woman trying to decide what color of skirt to wear to an informal, blind person only party. Alright, that, that one was too easy, I think. It's obviously the English preschooler of the royal family choosing which decadent cake. But, you know, that would be a very, very persnickety person, am I right? A persnickety preschooler. Alright, let's do another. Which of the following could be described as persnickety? The judge, who is known for showing mercy to prisoners. The hotel maid, who dutifully vacuums the carpet. The parents, who remind children to complete homework. Or the aunt, who checks for dust on the furniture. So this one was a little more difficult, but I think the... The aunt who checks for dust on the furniture is probably going to be a little more persnickety than the hotel maid who dutifully vacuums the carpet. And you just imagine someone who's going around dusting, right? It's like, every little thing has to be perfect. Let me dust over here and dust over here and dust a little. Oh, God, there's more dust over there. Oh, this word persnickety, it's a, it's a good word, persnickety. Yeah, so I'd say the, the, the duster is definitely going to be the persnickety one. Neoclassicism is persnickety and it's hard to adhere to, but when it's done well, the plays are incredibly forceful. Most predicted Joan would soon retire from serving as university librarian and settle into being the kind of housewife mother hostess grandma had been. Persnickety, praiseworthy, praise-loving, and above all, presiding high in an all-black bubble of formal elegance. Are some plants that are persnickety no matter when you prune them. Mm -hmm. um, in particular, things like Powys Castle Artemisia and Damianita. Now, I'll, I'll admit, I was being a little persnickety, a little pesky, a little mischievous. You know, I'm no great Greek scholar, trust me. All right, that's the word persnickety. Let's move on to our next word, which is insouciance. And he is lighting something up, which is either a pipe or a firecracker. Either way, uh, lighting a flame down there in the coal mine is sort of a nice example of the reckless insouciance that was to characterize energy policy for the next 150 years. <laughs> science has been dismissed with reckless insouciance and alternative facts have been recommended to the public. He has a 40-inch chest and an air of detached insouciance. Yeah. 
insouciance, insouciance, insouciance. I'm not entirely sure how we're supposed to pronounce this word, which is kind of nice because basically it means we can just say it however we want and that's going to be accepted. But it's a noun, I-N-S-O-U-C-I-A-N-C-E, insouciance, I-N-S-O-U-C-I-A-N-C-E. And it means the quality of being insouciant, which means lack of care or concern indifference. So if you have insouciance towards something, you have indifference towards it. Although I will say insouciance and indifference, although they're synonyms, I'd like to think insouciance is kind of like indifference on steroids. And I would also say it typically has more of a pejorative connotation. For instance, your friend might ask you, do you want to go to the park or do you want to go to the mountains or to the beach? And you could say, doesn't matter to me, I'm indifferent. But if you said, doesn't matter to me, I'm insouciant, which by the way, you would never say because it comes off as you know pretentious and weird. But if you did, and your friend was nerdy enough to understand what insouciant meant, it would be rude, I'd argue, because you're really suggesting you don't care and perhaps you think they are all equally crappy decisions. Whereas if you're indifferent, you may not care about the destination, but you think the mountain, the park, the beach are all great spots. So I apologize for my, my nuanced uh, distinction or discrepancy between indifferent and insouciant, but if you really want to hold and love and grasp the word, I feel it's important to understand there is a distinction there between indifference and insouciance. I would also like to add, last week or, or maybe the week before, we covered the word complacent. And I would say someone who is overly complacent, they might be to the point where they are insouciant about something. So for instance, if I'm super satisfied about my life and want nothing more, in my complacency, you are likely to find insouciance. So you can see how complacency and insouciance relate to one another. All right, here are four examples, and I want you to pick which one you think matches insouciance the most. Sudden shock or dismay that causes confusion, the feeling that things will turn out badly, a casual or lighthearted feeling of unconcern, or the spatial property of being crowded together. We would say insouciance means a casual or lighthearted feeling of unconcern. All right, who of these people is most likely to feel insouciant? The old woman who lives alone and whose cat just died. It was her only cat. The teenage boy who would have lost his virginity had he remembered to bring a condom. The high school senior who failed algebra for the fifth time. He will now be held back. Or the billionaire who just got his wallet stolen. There was $50 in his wallet. The billionaire who just got his wallet stolen is most likely to feel insouciant. What is 50 bucks to a billionaire? A self-promoting performer and inventor of her own brand of fearless insouciance. And there's been, been some remarkable insouciance, um, you know, about that. It's usually aristocrats at their leisure in very fancy clothes, standing there, uh, not a care in the world. Their insouciance is part of the subject of the painting. All right, so that's the word insouciant. Hope you guys enjoy that word. It's kind of a cool word. Let's move on to our next word, which is tendentious. 
And this just shows you that there is a, a point, a very tendentious, difficult and delicate point about what curricula should contain. They shape struggles over resignification and identities, and I'm going to gather them into a set of admittedly very tendentious political notes for movement politics, left, feminist, queer, racial, and others. One of the things that I was concerned about in relation to the Welsh baccalaureate is the global citizenship challenge and the way in which the curriculum appears to be devised and the rather tendentious way in which this has been designed. Tendentious. T-E-N-D-E-N-T-I-O-U-S. Tendentious. T-E-N-D-E-N. T-I-O-U-S, tendentious. It's an adjective, and it means having or showing a definite tendency, bias, or purpose. So you could have a tendentious, opinionated newspaper column or a tendentious political opinion. So this is a funny word, right? Because it's one of those words we all ought to know and we do know, but we don't think we know it because we've probably never seen it before. But it's really just the noun form of tendency, except for perhaps the fact that if you have a tendency for something, you are likely to do it or get it. But if you are tendentious, that tendency to do something or to have something or to have some sort of presumptuous opinion about something is already there. So if we were to say something like, she has a tendency to be tendentious, it's it's not a nonsensical statement and it's not redundant. We're simply saying she has a tendency to be biased or to be prejudicial about something or something like that. So it's definitely a, a weird word, but we can see how closely it resembles the word Tendency And tendency isn't something bad, right? And if it is, it, it definitely depends on the context. But I'd say tendentious is more used in a negative way because of its association with bias. So think of tendentious as perhaps a bad tendency. And if we go back to the definition of tendentious, we see it can mean showing a definite tendency or bias or purpose. So to some degree, the badness of this word depends on the context as well. But as you'll notice in the YouTube examples I provided, the word definitely is used pejoratively. His view of history was tendacious. He lied, he distorted, and most importantly, he did it deliberately. So yeah, tendentious is its usually a pejorative word. All right, you guys, we got four people here in front of us. Who is most likely to be tendentious? The scientist who favors observation over following her mystical intuition. The obdurate small-town farmer who has a Nazi tattoo indelibly imprinted on his forehead. The philosopher studying epistemology by investigating all the current epistemological theories. Or the logician who is dissecting various fallacies found in his students' papers. The obdurate small-town farmer with the Nazi tattoo is definitely the most likely to be tendentious. Which statement is most likely to be tendentious? All people are happy because the last person I met was happy and I myself am happy. Johnny committed the crime because he admitted to it and he was the one seen on camera. We aren't sure which apple tastes the best. Let's do another double-blind study. Where there is ignorance, there is knowledge to be learned.
The statement most likely to be tendentious is the statement, all people are happy because the last person I met was happy. All right, how about this? Tendentious means unidentifiable, contextual, arrhythmic, or partisan. Tendentious means partisan. Partisan means like biased. And the judge who was joining me uh, said, I, that sounds so, to me, so tendentious. I can't join it. And I thought, wow, I thought I wrote a really plain vanilla. <laughs> what are the conditions that would mediate that? Is this even a correct way to pose it? Or is the very framing of this question somehow tendentious or manipulative? It has to do with political modernization, which is a tendentious term, but I think it's true when it comes to Egypt and, and Saudi Arabia. All right, those are our three words. Let's quickly see if we can remember their definitions. We have persnickety, insouciance, and tendentious. And I just forgot that I did not uh, mention the mnemonic for insouciance for everyone. So for insouciance, we're going to say, my mom's sister is so carefree, I call her my insouciant. Insouciance. Hopefully that sticks. I think that's kind of cute. All right, so we had persnickety which was personal picky eater, someone who, who is persnickety, they're fussy, they're indecisive. Then we had insouciance. My mom's sister is so carefree, she's my insouciante. And then we had tendentious. We didn't really have a mnemonic for tendentious, but we're gonna remember that it's closely related to tendency and that'll cue us in to the definition. All right, that wraps it up for Nick's Knack for Neologisms, episode 40. Guys, we made it to 40 episodes. That's pretty cool. I want to give a quick shout out to one of my listeners for leaving me a review on iTunes. And then I also want to give you guys just a little bit of an update. So this review was written by Lightning Fizz. And this is like one of my favorite reviews. This thing's just awesome. It really, uh, I'm really appreciative of your review, Lightning Fizz. This listener said, the best word learning podcast out there while other podcasts just read out the word and the definition. Nick adds, charm through funny mnemonics and stories. P.S. I love the P.S. Hey Nick, I love your music. I know you designed it yourself, so I want to say great job. I really look forward to listening to your podcast. They have also improved so much. Thank you. I love the quizzes at the end and the introduction of different people, usually religious or political speakers, who use those exact same words in context. It's great. I encourage you to do more because even though I started listening to this podcast for the GRE, I feel my vocabulary has increased dramatically and I promise I'll continue to listen after my exam next week. Oh, thanks. That's freaking awesome. And I hope you nail the GRE. I hope it's not too hard. I hope you just freaking ace that thing. But thank you for the review. It's an awesome, awesome review. I really appreciate it. I forgot to mention, so I used to do my own music for this podcast. There was a podcast I did, I don't know, maybe five or six episodes ago where I mentioned my SoundCloud page and all that. And up to that point, I had done all the music. But as of late, most of the music that I'm using in my podcast now, I'm finding on epidemicsound.com. It's a pretty cool website for creators and YouTubers and all that. So I find cool producers on there and I use their music in my podcast. I didn't want to make it seem like it was all my music because it's not. And most of those songs, I'm like, sweet mother of God, they're just very well produced. So they're not mine. I wish I could say they were mine, but they're not, unfortunately. And then as far as it goes for the examples that I find for words, some words I don't do at all because I can't find examples in YouTube videos. And I'm like, man, if I can't find an example in a YouTube video, why would I want to help people learn that word is probably not a word that's that popular. So it would be kind of cool if 
if the way they formulated the GRE was based on a word's usage and how popular that word is and how frequently that word is. For instance, when I looked up the word tendentious, I found 22 videos. For insouciance, I think I found like 12 videos. And there's other videos or there's other words where I find maybe only one or two usages and then the usages aren't that good. So, and then I don't really like, sometimes I, I type in a word, like I think the word complacent had a ton of uses, like maybe, or videos, sorry, maybe two or 300 videos. And I don't go through and like really curate those videos too much if it just, there's a good example of it and it's used in whatever context I pretty much just take it. So, but there's some words like prodigious or no, prodigal. It was very difficult for me to find secular, non-religious usage of that word. And even though I'm not religious myself, uh, if, a, if, if a religious person uses the word prodigal and, and they use it very well, I'm just going to use that example. So some people might look at my examples and be like, oh, Nick is being tendentious, right? But I'm not. I'm just picking, you know, whatever. Like there was one I did last week or the week before that was like, pro-vaccine and I'm a very anti-vaxxer, so it just doesn't matter. Like for me, it's more just about uh, a good example of the word being used in a sentence. So that's the update I have for you guys, a very long update. Thanks for listening to this episode. And if you haven't already, please consider leaving me a review on iTunes and I will see you probably next week. Bye-bye. And in this episode, we're covering persnickety, insouciance, and tende... Oh, fuck. I actually don't know how to say that word. You know what, let's just do this in parts. I'm not gonna be persnickety about this. I'll just, I'll just record this stuff and then we'll move on. All right, here we go. I have no idea what I'm doing right now. Why is this even doing this? All right, <sighs> about to lose my mind. It's my outro, bro. It's a freaking good outro right there. It's legit. You can't trust someone who uses the word legit to teach you vocabulary. That would make me very suspicious, actually. Like, not one of these examples of persnickety is the person using an English accent. It's horrible. And I would also like to add, last week we covered, I think it was last week, maybe not, not last week, but maybe a few weeks ago, we covered the word complacent. <clears throat> and my stomach, that noise you just heard is my stomach rumbling. I think I have to sh All right, I should probably redo that. That's weird.